When you go on holiday, there is no finer achievement than doing absolutely nothing. Nothing on the beach, nothing by the pool. Walking kind of nowhere and chatting about nothing. As an Expedia member, you can save up to 30% when you add a hotel to your flight. So you can have a bit more money to go out there with great ambition to do absolutely nothing. Expedia. Made to travel. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. Um, there's been a TikTok viral um, message um, by a woman who asks what a lot of people are asking. Why can't Trump get the very best lawyers in the country to defend him when Richard Nixon was uh, uh, up for uh, possible prosecution and indictment? He got James St. Clair, who was probably the best trial lawyer in the country to defend them. Big firm, big firm lawyer. Uh, others as well. During the first uh, impeachment, uh, uh, President Trump got me. I'm a pretty good lawyer. Um, and uh, I was willing to defend him. But now there, there don't seem to be very many lawyers uh, ready to defend them. One of the reasons I don't is because I have a rule I usually defend people only once. I don't want to become too closely associated with my client's politics or identity. Uh, I don't want to become uh, a house counsel to clients. I just want to represent them once. But uh, in the TikTok episode, she asked the question. He's rich. Uh, he's famous. Um, it would uh, certainly uh, be uh, publicity for the lawyer and uh there are a lot of very good Republican lawyers, probably a lot of people who voted for him. Why aren't they representing him? Uh, <laughs> this is a very simple answer, and you're looking at it, me. That's the reason he can't get a good lawyer, because I represented him. I did a good job. Um, many people praised me for my presentation in front of the United States Senate. I defended the Constitution, and then Look what happened. I was canceled, opposed, attacked, uh, called every possible name in the book. My family was attacked. Um, my friends abandoned me. Um, I had many lawyers call me and very good lawyers, really excellent lawyers, and say, I'm not going near representing uh, former President Trump because of what happened to you. Um, I don't want to be Dershowitz. Uh, I don't want Larry David coming up to me and screaming, you're disgusting, you're disgusting. Um, I, I, I don't want uh, libraries canceling my speeches and not carrying my books. Um, I don't want to be a victim of the new McCarthyism. And it's working. It's working just like the old McCarthyism worked. The old McCarthyism, lawyers just didn't want to represent people accused of communism because they would be called communists. I was a college student at the time. I was very anti-communist and not concerned about anything like that. So I stood up for the rights of people accused of uh, communism, accused of being communist in the past. Um, I understood that in the 1930s, in many parts of the world, there were just two choices, uh, Nazism and communism. And for many um, they picked the lesser of the two evils for, for example, the Pope. He, he took what he thought were the lesser of two evils. He 
essentially defended Nazism uh, over communism because he thought communism was a, a greater evil. Most Jewish lawyers, of course, um, couldn't defend Nazism. Uh, and so uh, many became communist fellow travelers. Most of them quit uh, as soon as fascism was defeated, but some hung on. And um, I'm not talking about them now. I'm talking about the lawyers who represented them, uh, some of them who I know, great civil liberties lawyers, anti-communists. But uh, they were trashed. Uh, in the jargon of today, they were canceled. Uh, people didn't want to associate with them. Oh, my God, he's a commie lawyer. He's a pinko. He's a fellow traveler. And in those days, that uh, kind of McCarthyism was imposed by the right against the left. Today, we're seeing the opposite. We're seeing the left imposing it on, on the center and on decent people who want to defend the Constitution. And so, you know, the TikTok program was just dead wrong. It, it made it sound like nobody wants to defend Trump because he might be guilty. We don't, as criminal lawyers, make those distinctions. Um, um, I never ask the question when I'm um, asked to represent somebody, are, are you guilty or innocent? That's for the courts to determine. Um, I defend many guilty people. I defend innocent people. Um, I've won some cases on behalf of, of guilty people. I've lost some cases on behalf of innocent people, and that's what really makes me lose sleep. Not very many, fortunately, but there have been there have been a few. And there are, of course, many gray area cases, cases where the facts just don't clearly establish guilt or innocence, but they fall somewhere in between. And the job of the criminal lawyer is to, is to defend them. But I can guarantee you one thing. There isn't a single decent criminal lawyer in the United States who's turned down the Trump case because they think he's guilty. It's just not the way the system operates. And the woman who was on TikTok just doesn't understand that at all. There are other reasons for why they turned down the case, not guilt or innocence, and also not the fear that he won't get paid. The Republican National Committee has paid for uh, some of these uh, defenses. I got paid for my representation. I contributed it to charity. I didn't want to take money for defending the Constitution on behalf of, of Trump. Um, but a lawyer who wants to get paid by the hour, um, I'm sure Trump or the people who are on his team or who support him would come up with uh, good fees to represent him. And they are looking for the best lawyers in the country to do it. And, and so far, Trump's gotten good lawyers. I have no quarrel with that. And they've made some good decisions. And have they made some bad decisions? I don't like to second guess lawyers, but I would have done some things differently. But the issue is not, does he have good lawyers? The issue is, why doesn't he have the absolute very best lawyers in the country uh, defending them? Believe me, if the shoe were on the other foot, if President Hillary Clinton uh, were going through this, um, you know, Lawrence Tribe would be jumping through hoops to rep represent her and many others on the left would be doing everything they possibly can to represent her pro bono, free of charge, uh, certainly if they were a legal fee. Um, and, and it wouldn't matter whether she was guilty or innocent. That wouldn't be the issue. That, I guarantee you, is not the issue. Um, I know of no criminal lawyers who turn down cases because they believe the defendant might 
be guilty. The vast majority of defendants who we represent probably are guilty. Thank God for that. Would you want to live in a country where the vast majority of defendants are innocent? That's Iran. That's China. That's Belarus. Uh, that Cuba. It's not the United States of America. Our system is pretty good. B minus. Pretty good. We don't often um, convict uh, the absolutely innocent. We, we sometimes do. We certainly convict them in the court of public opinion. I can tell you that. Um, I am absolutely categorically innocent of any allegation of sex with an underage person. I never met the woman, never heard of her, never had sex with any underage people. In my case, it's, it's black and white. It's clear. It's unequivocal. And yet there are people who believe it. So, you know, you can lose in the court of public opinion, even if you win in the court of law. But innocence or guilt is not the reason why Trump is not getting the very, very best representation. It's the McCarthyism of the hard left. That's the reason. It's the cancellation of me, particularly me, because, you know, I'm a liberal Democrat. I'm not uh, an arch conservative Republican. I'm not a rhino. I'm not any of those things. I'm a person who votes Democrat, voted for you know, Hillary Clinton voted for Joe Biden, voted for Barack Obama. I regret my vote for Barack Obama the second time around. I think that uh, it would have been better to have supported the Republican candidate, Mitt Romney, um, who ran against Obama the second time. Obama's second term was a disaster for America, particularly for American foreign policy. And so I regret that vote, but I cast it. I did vote I'm a Democrat. And, and for that reason, the way Democrats have been treating me, the way the left has been treating me, the way um, academia has been treating me is uh, sending a very powerful message to lawyers, both Republicans and Democrats, uh, liberals and conservatives. Don't go near Trump. He's radioactive. You don't want to happen to you what happened to Dershowitz. Now I'm fighting back. I think I'm winning, but I'm fighting back. I'm not going to sit silently by and allow McCarthyism to destroy my career, my legacy, what I've done over the last 60 years and what I've accomplished for so many people. You know, I do have my cases pro bono. I've defended a lot of innocent people. I've kept people from being executed. I've kept women from being abused and uh, being subject to harassment. I've done a lot of good things in my life and I'm not going to let uh, McCarthyites of the hard left. I'm not going to let the Larry Davis of the world or the jerks uh, from from Martha's Vineyard um, uh, influence my decisions. I, I will continue to defend uh, people who they disagree with, people who I disagree with. That's never been my criteria. But we live at a dangerous time. Um, I'm about to write a, a new book uh, called Get Trump, in which I make the argument that the left's attempt to get Trump to prevent him from running again um, poses perhaps the greatest dangers to civil liberties, the right to counsel, free speech, since McCarthyism. That's how dangerous it is. And I document it. I'm going to document it in my new book with lots of uh, specifics. And I know it's true because I've seen it in my personal experience. So you want the answer to the question? It's, it's, it's a very, answer, very easy question. You want to know what the implications are? They're very, very severe. 
Uh, imagine how differently the country would have been if uh, John Adams had agreed to defend um, the British soldiers who killed innocent people during the Boston Massacre. Imagine if he had been disbarred or if he were precluded from running uh, as, he, as he did uh, for first vice president, then president, then constitutional convention. He was one of the drafters of the Declaration of Independence. And then he went off and, of course, was an ambassador in Europe. Imagine if he were treated uh, the way I was treated. Um, we wouldn't have the legacy of Abraham Lincoln, of Daniel Webster, of Thurgood Marshall, uh, of Clarence Darrow, uh, or of James St. Clair, the man who defended Richard Nixon so excellently. He lost but he was not punished for it uh, in any way. We live in a different age now. Uh, Jim Sinclair is lucky. He lived between McCarthyism and the new McCarthyism. But uh, lawyers today are going to stay away from cases like the Trump case. Um, look, I had a law student who was working for me when I was um, asked to uh, appear in front of the Senate on behalf of the Constitution. And he was very anxious to work for me and do my research or some of it. And uh, then he called me apologetically and he said, I can't do it. I can't. I want to do it, but I can't because I will never get a job in a law firm if they knew I was part of the team defending Donald Trump. So I have to tell you what I did. I sat alone in my room uh, over the winter, over the, the month before um, my representation of, uh, of, of President Trump alone, uh, just me and Google and Westlaw and whatever else um, and I did all my own research. I read <laughs> the Federalist Papers, this version of it, a very, very old, original, not quite original, but very close to original version. I read all the debates uh, on the Constitution. I did my own work. I did my own research. And I think I did a pretty good job and, and made a, an effective case. A number of senators, both Republicans and Democrats, commended me. And then CNN went nuts. And they created what they called the Dershowitz Doctrine. Oh, Dershowitz says the president can do anything to get reelected. If he believes it's in the national interest, he can kill. He can be like Hitler and Mussolini. I'm suing them, obviously, for that, because there wasn't a word of truth to it. But it's the way I've been responded to by CNN, by academics, by others. I mean, one academic article uh, said Dershowitz has been thrust to the margins of academia as a result of this. Hey, that's where I belong, at the margins of academia. The last thing I want is to be considered as a mainstream academic today. Uh, I'm not a propagandist. I'm not somebody who uh, tells my students what to think. For 50 years, I tried to teach them how to think, and, and, and I think I did a pretty good job of doing it. Um, but I, I am certainly not uh, in the in the mainstream of academia, I've never been in the mainstream of academia. You know, 20 years ago, I created headlines when I proposed a torture warrant. I was opposed to torture. I said it shouldn't happen. But in the in the days following 9-11, um, um, there was torture used. And, and this was what, 18 years ago, 19 years ago. Um, and. Um, I said, if you're going to use torture, at least you have to get judicial approval. It shouldn't be under the table. You should have to go to a judge and let a judge sign off and say, yeah, you can torture him if, if, if it's necessary to prevent another 9-11.
boy, was that controversial. Boy, was I thrust to the margins, but nothing like this, nothing like Trump. And so um, uh, the answer to the question is obvious. Uh, it's McCarthyism. It's the new McCarthyism. It's more difficult to fight the new McCarthyism than it was the old. It's the old McCarthyism was run by people who are who are the past, who are who are evil, who uh, everybody understood, the vast majority of Americans understood, uh, were doing the wrong thing. President Eisenhower stood up to uh, McCarthy. Uh, it's much different today because the McCarthyites today are left wingers. They're the future. They're our academics. They're the people who are propagandizing, propagandizing our students. Many of them agree with their goal to prevent President Trump from running again. But what are they afraid of? They're afraid of democracy. They're afraid the people will support him. Hey, democracy doesn't assure that your candidate's going to win. Democracy only assures that the election will be fair and open and uh, subject to challenge if it is necessary to challenge it. So uh, why are they afraid of democracy? Why are they willing to subvert the Constitution, subvert the Sixth Amendment right to counsel, subvert the First Amendment free speech, subvert due process in order to achieve a non-democratic result, that is to prevent the person who gets the nomination from running for president. There are only four criteria for running for president. You have to be over 35. Trump makes that. You have to be born in America, despite the fact that he foolishly accused Obama of not being born in America. He was, in fact, born in America. Third, you have to have not fought against the Union soldiers in the Civil War. He may be old. He's not that old. And fourth, there has to have not been an impeachment resolution accepted by the Senate, not only throwing him out of office, but precluding him from running in the future. That would be constitutional, but it didn't happen. So he, he can run for president. Uh, and if he gets the nomination, um, I'm going to vote against him. And that's my constitutional right. I don't want bureaucrats or or left-wing activists to tell me who I can vote against. Uh, that's part of my constitutional right to vote against people, just it's, it's your constitutional right and the right of people who support Trump to vote for him. So um, I don't know how to do TikTok. If I did, I would go on TikTok and, and, and rebut what was uh, argued about why uh, former President Trump can't get uh, a new lawyer. I know the answer to that. And uh, if any of you are on TikTok, you might provide an answer to that on TikTok, but don't take uh, seriously uh, what was on TikTok. It does not, nothing to do with the fact that a lot of lawyers think he may be guilty, maybe true, maybe false. We don't get to make that decision. That decision gets to be made by judges and juries and uh, ultimately the highest courts, including the Supreme Court. So uh, we'll wait and see uh, whether he's guilty or innocent or somewhere in between. But it's crucial that he get the very best lawyers to defend him. That's what the Sixth Amendment is all about. The right to a zealous defense, the right to pick your lawyers. Now, poor people can't pick their lawyers. Uh, some of them get excellent lawyers by public defenders. Others don't. But we don't in America bring the wealthy down to the lowest level of the poor. What we try to do is elevate the poor to at least a reasonable level, but wealthy people are always going to get better schooling, better health care, better housing, and probably better representation. That's why I defend half of my cases pro bono in order to try to level the playing field a little bit. So now we know the answer, uh, and it's clear, the answer to why Trump can't get
the very best counsel in the world to represent him. And you're looking at it. You're looking at the answer. It's me. And uh, I don't want to be self-referential, but it's absolutely the truth. It's the way in which the McCarthyite hard left treated me that has resulted in a compromise with the constitutional right to counsel. Shame on those who, who have been willing to sacrifice constitutional rights in order to get Trump. And uh, that's what my next book will be about. All right, let's get to some uh, letters. We've got some interesting ones. Um, okay. Professor Dershowitz, by the same token, if evidence shows Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden did illegal things, would you turn against them in a second? Remember I said, if I saw that Trump did anything illegal, I would turn against him in a second. The answer, of course, is yes. If I believe that uh, Hillary Clinton or Joe Biden committed crimes or if Joe Biden committed impeachable offenses, of course I would turn against them. Why would anybody think not? I am not a loyal Democrat. I'm a loyal American. I'm loyal to the Constitution. I'm not loyal to any particular party. I'm certainly not loyal to any particular person. It would hurt me deeply if uh, two people who I like, Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, were uh, to be found guilty or to be deemed to be guilty or the evidence pointed to guilt of a serious criminal uh, offense. But I would, <laughs> I would call for their prosecution, call for them to be treated exactly the same as others are treated. No one is above the law. No one is below the law. And um, as I've mentioned before, the Bible, when it gives instructions to judges, uh, says, lo takir ponim, do not recognize faces. And I abide by that principle. I don't recognize faces for better or worse. I defend principles and I defend people who are charged wrongly or unconstitutionally with offenses. Okay. Here's a good one. I don't wish death on people. Well, let's wait and see. I don't wish death on people, but there are certain folks you wouldn't miss. One would be Epstein and another would be his lawyer, me. He's wishing death on me because of who I represented. Talk about McCarthyism. This is McCarthyism of the right, not McCarthyism of the of the left. I assume, you know, maybe it's just plain, ordinary stupidity in McCarthyism. But yes, I was Jeffrey Epstein's lawyer. And uh, yes, I was the lawyer for a lot of people you don't like and, and disagree with. Uh, but uh, that doesn't call for the death penalty in America. In Iran, it may. In the former Soviet Union, it meant imprisonment um, if you were a lawyer and represented the wrong people, but not in the United States of America. All right, Professor Dershowitz, perhaps a reread of the Federalist Papers may clarify the Second Amendment for you. Well, I have read every word of the Federalist Papers, and of course there isn't a single syllable about the Second Amendment. Why? Duh! The Federalist Papers were written before the Bill of Rights. The Federalist Papers were written following the adoption or following the, the writing of the Constitution. Um, and, and they didn't deal with the amendments to the Constitution. They dealt with the body of the Constitution. And so don't, don't, don't expect to find a lot of discussion of the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, the Fifth Amendment. In the Federalist Papers, you will find some discussions of it. In fact, Hamilton, the major author of the uh, Federalist Papers, didn't believe in a Bill of Rights. He didn't think you need a Bill of Rights. Um, he thought the government was constrained 
by the text of the Constitution not to exceed its authority and its power. Maybe that's what the writer meant when he said, read the Federalist Papers. There's some support for that. But, uh, but there's nothing specifically about the Second Amendment at all. Okay. It's a sad moment in the history of the Republic when you have to devote a podcast to any time to discuss the value of our Constitution. It sickens me to think that there are those who are being pushed by the radical right and left. What have we become? I agree with you. Uh, and I did, I think, make a strong case. A lot of my letters said, what do you mean the right? The right doesn't want to end the Constitution. No, no, no. The, the right wants to have a constitutional convention in order to amend the Constitution and in order to change the Constitution. I'm against that. I'm equally against the radicals on the left who want to trash the Constitution and ignore it and, and, and just act as if it didn't exist because it doesn't always promote left-wing ends that, that, that people want. Professor Dershowitz, I'm glad to hear you are still an opponent of the now in the making New Deal with Iran. If so, this is a good one. Would you consider writing a book entitled The Case Against Negotiating with the Theocratically Vile Regime of the Alatoas? Would you? Not only would I have, I wrote a book called The Case Against the Iran Deal, which is exactly that. You can get it on Amazon, probably pretty inexpensive. It makes a very strong case against the Iran deal and against negotiating with the Ayatollahs. So I anticipated your question and I, I wrote my book before I got your question. And if you want to read it, it's easily available. OK, this is a good one. Professor, an off-campus housing co-op at the University of California in Berkeley is banning any white people from entering the common areas of the building. What should the response to this be? Obviously, the ACLU has been corrupted now, so they will do nothing. I completely agree with you. The ACLU now stands for the Anti-Civil Liberties Union, and they're not going to get involved with this. Of course, it doesn't pass the shoe on the other foot test. Imagine what would happen if an all-white fraternity off campus said no blacks or anybody who has a guest who's black. They have to register. The rule has to be identical without regard to whether it's a house for blacks or a house for whites. The Civil Rights Acts do not permit that. The California Civil Rights Acts do not permit that. I don't know whether or not it will be enforced against a black house. It should be. Uh, there is no justification for segregation, even if segregation is promulgated by people of color. You cannot have it both ways. The shoe has to foot comfortably on every foot. It can't be one rule for me, one rule for the low takir ponim. Do not recognize faces or races when you make law. And I hope the Supreme Court will make that clear in its uh, decisions involving Harvard and the University of North Carolina that are going to be argued very, very, very soon. Okay. Let's see. One or two more room questions. Professor Dershowitz, in your podcast, may I ask you to address the comments of Dr. Uji Anya, who wished excruciating pain during the death of Queen Elizabeth. My husband and I are of Irish heritage. My grandfathers on both sides of the family were Jewish. What possible constructive good would come from wishing pain on the queen or anyone? Queen Elizabeth was a strong, independent woman of her time. She was progressive in her generation. Would you please address Dr. Anya's self-absorbed, immature comments on your podcast? I will. They're outrageous. They're outrageous. 
And if the same woman had made similar comments um, calling for the excruciating pain or death of a black leader or of a gay leader, um, uh, she would be suspended, fired, made to go to remedial courses on equality. I'm not a against free speech. Free speech means stupid free speech, racist free speech, hate speech. So I'm not advocating firing uh, this idiot. Uh, what I'm advocating is treating people on the other side exactly the same. Free speech for me, but not for thee is not acceptable in a democracy. And so uh, whatever rules apply there have to apply on the other side as well. And they don't. University of Pennsylvania has suspended a professor for making comments which were deemed not even close to the comments made here, but against um, people on the left or against African-American people. So for me, it's not a question of free speech. It's a question of equality. And I think we all have not only the right, but the responsibility to demand equality, equal justice under the law. And that's what is required as well when it comes to freedom of speech. I wrote a book about this a long time ago in which I proposed the circle of civility. Whatever the rules are for one side have to be exactly symmetrical to the rules for the other side. So whatever the university has done in the past or will do in the future for people who have engaged in conduct similar to the conduct engaged in by her, um, should be treated identically. That's what the law demands. That's what common sense demands. That's what morality demands. See you soon.